It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. Thank you so much for tuning in. If it's your first time, welcome, welcome. And thank you if you are a returning listener. Today's show is going to be so much fun. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics. I've always been a doc, and we're going to be talking a lot about fitness today, specifically how to age fiercely and become your fittest, healthiest self. And we have two incredible fitness professionals who are going to be giving you their top tips. So you might want to grab a piece of paper, your journal, and write some things down because I know today's show is really going to help you. I know that when I work with women, getting fit can be a real challenge, but it doesn't have to be. I think the thing to do is to really start thinking about movement as something that is enjoyable, that you love. And we're going to really share multiple ways that you can work on getting stronger, working on your cardiovascular fitness, as well as your flexibility. You know, I have always been a jock. I actually started moving my body, of course, when I was just a baby, but really started with dance. When I was about four or five years old, I was part of learning with Martha Graham's dance company. Her teachers used to come in from New York City, and I absolutely adored dancing, and I still do, but then, What happened was as I grew up um, and as I hit my teenage years, we moved and the dancing for some reason just went away. Although I loved it, I wanted to be a dancer. Martha Graham incorporated a lot of yoga. So I had a lot of that in my DNA. The dancing just sort of stopped as I hit adolescence. And what happened is I made this really bizarre, interesting shift where I became an athlete. So I went from loving my body and moving my body to music and enjoying my body to just beating my body up to literally no pain, no gain. I was a miler. I could run a 540 mile. I was super competitive. It helped me get into college, but it really broke that connection with my body, that beautiful connection that we all can have. And one of those things that yoga brings to you is that body-mind connection that each of us can cultivate. So that kind of um, got got really smashed and that really led to eating disorders. I had anorexia before people knew what anorexia was. Um, It led to an addiction to exercise and it really took me several decades to get back to enjoying being in my body. In my 40s, I was a personal fitness trainer and a group exercise leader. And I was that, you know, that woman that stands up there with the the 20 pound dumbbells, pushing them over her head and just pushing everybody, drinking tons of caffeine. Being a personal fitness trainer for me was like being a Um, alcoholic working in a liquor store. I was really overdoing it. I was working four to six hours, working out four to six hours a day with all of my clients. I certainly wasn't eating enough. I was probably destroying my adrenals and certainly um, destroyed my um, thyroid gland, which led to hypothyroidism. But the good thing that happened is in my 50s, I discovered self-compassion. I talk a lot about that here on the show. Uh, My dissertation topic was on self-compassion and body image. 
And I discovered that self-compassion actually improves body image. My research showed that self-compassion reduces body shame, body dissatisfaction, self-worth based on appearance, and it improves body appreciation. And so as part of my study, Kristen Neff, who I was working with, who's kind of the, the top uh, guru pioneer in this area of self-compassion, required me to learn self-compassion. So as I practiced, the eating disorders went away, the negative body image went away, and that, that exercise addiction also went away. And now I have a really lovely, healthy relationship with my body, which is really serving me so well. I have rediscovered yoga. I actually rediscovered it in the training for the self-compassion because there was daily yoga practice was available. So I started a daily yoga practice and really now listening to my body, loving my body, appreciating it. Wherever you're at though, it's really never too late to start to develop that body, mind, spirit relationship with your body, to start moving your body, to move your body because you love yourself, not because you think, well, gee, if I lose the weight, if I get all cut up and have a six pack abs, then I'll feel good about myself. That is total BS absolutely does not work. What works is moving your body because you love yourself. And unfortunately, about one in four adults in the US don't exercise at all. And it doesn't have to be hard or hurt to get benefit. Movement has so many benefits. It helps you control your weight or lose weight. It reduces your risk of heart disease. It helps your body manage blood sugar and insulin levels. It strengthens your bones and muscles. It improves your cognitive abilities, your mental health and your mood. It reduces risks for some cancers and it improves sleep and increases longevity. And for me, moving my body is the way that I age fiercely and it's helped me to become my fittest self, particularly as I am going through right now, I'm going through radiation for stage one breast cancer. And I'm really not that tired. I was doing my 10,000 steps after my surgery. I'm still today, I did my 10,000 steps and I went swimming. I've got my purple kayak ready to go. So exercise, you know, if we could put it in a pill, it would be the pharmaceutical to end all pharmaceuticals. But fortunately, it's something that all of us can do. And our next guest is really going to inspire you to get moving. She is Beth Shaw, and she is a creative visionary and entrepreneur who has redefined wellness in America. She's the author of four books and host of Make America Healthy radio show right here on Voice America. Her work has challenged industrialized wellness and paved the way for passionate and responsible approaches to all around wellness. She is the founder of Yoga Fit Training Systems, which is the largest yoga training school in North America. And Beth revolutionized the fitness industry by bringing yoga into the mainstream with her inclusive and impactful style of yoga for over 22 years. And she has been exploring, researching, and developing fitness and wellness programs for more than 25 years. Super honored to welcome you to Rock Your Midlife, Beth. Thank you so much, Dr. Ellen. Thank you for having me. And we actually met because you had me on your show. I did have you on Make America Healthy, yes. And we were really talking about what we can do, but I'm, I'm super curious, how did you discover yoga? What started your yoga journey? 
Well, I actually taught myself how to do guided imagery and meditation when I was six years old. I suffered from horrible migraine headaches. And I grew up as an only child in a family. Let's just say they were not very invested in what was going on with me. So um, I call it spiritual intervention, but I, I started doing guided imagery cured myself of the migraine headaches. I've been practicing yoga poses since I was a child, although at that time I didn't know what they were. I've been working out in health clubs since age 15. I've been studying nutrition since I was in a bad car accident in college and met some chiropractors that were really into nutrition and food combining. So for me, it's been a lifestyle from a very early age. And I'm so fortunate because I see a lot of people trying to start fitness later in life. And it takes a while for that to become a habit. So you say if you breathe, you can practice yoga. So how do you recommend for people who are sedentary or aren't in great shape? How do you start either practicing yoga or any fitness regime? You know, I, someone just asked me today, cause I just did a video shoot. Um, if I do yoga every day and I do some form of yoga every day, uh, whether I'm just stretching my hamstrings, my hips, and my low back at the gym after I work out, which I, I go to the gym about four times a week, uh, whether I'm standing on my head with my red light in my face to improve cognitive function. Um, and yoga to me is, is much more than just physical activity, but it's also a mindset that really helps us navigate life. And so, but, you know, if, for people who do want to start, you go to YouTube, check out Yoga Fits Yoga channel. We've got lots of free classes there. You can also go to our website, yogafit.com and uh, take a free class. So, uh, or, you know, you can go to your local gym or yoga studio and just check out different classes. Just be mindful that uh, don't quit at the first one. Like everything else, we have to find a style and a teacher that works best for us. And sometimes that takes a couple of different tries for you to really lock it in. Yeah, sometimes I recommend, I have a dear friend who teaches chair yoga, which is a really a revelation for people. Even if you're sitting in a chair, you can get the benefits of yoga. You can get the benefits of breath, connecting with your body, the spiritual benefits. So I love that suggestion to really look at a wide array of yoga teachers and even YouTube, because I think I think it can be really intimidating. I know even the studio that I practice and I'm always the oldest person in the room. And it's, you know, I love where I practice, but I think that there is a little bit of, you know, ageism sometimes and it can be intimidating for somebody. No, I, I get that. I, I used to live uh, in New York City and I would, when I would go into some of the hot yoga studios that played like super loud rap music and, and were very dark, which actually happened to love all of that. I, I often felt like I was the oldest person in the room as well, but I'm also very fit. So I, I felt good about that. So what do you find are some of the reasons that people are resistant to change? Oh God, if I had a, you know, that's like the, that is the million dollar question. I've been thinking about this for more than half my life. You know, what makes people affect behavioral change? Um, you know, you see people who drink too much, they get into a car accident, they go into AA, they stop drinking, right? Uh, so we see, or we see someone who gets cancer and then has a lifestyle change, goes on an alkaline diet, uh, stops smoking and, and changes. I, 
I wish that I had the answer for that. I, I think that if people have the opportunity to move their bodies enough where they really start to know how good it feels to be in a body that's working properly and that is supporting you, reaching your goals, living your best life instead of a body that is getting in the way of you living your best life, even if you know, you're know you overweight and you're trying to travel on an airplane, you know, I travel all the time. It's, it's heavy work lifting your suitcases over your head, you know, running up and down the, the jetways, like life is life requires strength on every level. And so if we can get people to the place where they really feel like, God, my body feels so amazing. And I want to, this is my number one feeling that I want to hang on to. So I'm going to start making different choices. I'm going to start eating differently. Um, I'm going to start eliminating certain things. You know, it's the same thing if we were having wine and, you know, you usually like to stop at one glass and you're thinking that second one looks good, but you know, the second one's going to bring not a pleasant morning. You stop at one. So it's just, I wrote a book called Yoga Lean. And in that book, we talk about using yoga as a vehicle to get so in touch with your body that you know what your body needs to have nutritionally, what you need to eat, the people you need to surround yourself with, whether or not you need to take a nap or go to the gym in that moment. So I think that there, our body holds so much beautiful information. If we can reprogram it with feeling good is the best way to feel then we've got people hooked. Yeah, I love that. I know because of my recent diagnosis, I've, I've always eaten really healthy. I've been a dietitian for 30 years, but I've taken it up a whole other notch and finally agree with my fiance who says, nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. Like I make yeah. these smoothies now with kale, with garlic, ginger, we've got horseradish growing in the backyard and my body loves it so much that it actually tastes good. Yeah. But I, yeah. You, and, you know, we have to, our, our palates, like so many other things have been, um, I'm going to just use the word destroyed by a lot of the food that's out in the marketplace. Now, we all know that fast food is addictive. We know carbohydrates are addictive. Uh, they even say there's something in cheese that makes you addicted to it. And as a huge fan of cheese, I believe that's true. So we need to change our our taste buds and change our sensitivities around things and, and actually become much more sensitive. Like I can look at food and I'll know whether or not it's going to upset my stomach or not. So I just don't eat it. It's just like that chocolate cupcake that looks so good, but you know, 20 minutes from now, you're going to have a blood sugar crash. Your veins are going to feel like the blood is moving through them very slowly. You feel sticky. And you say, you know what, as good as that cupcake tastes, I'm not going to have it because in a cost benefit analysis, which I also believe everything boils down to uh the cost is not worth the benefit you know and if we all looked at our choices like that i think we'd make really different choices yeah that's a wonderful way of putting it of just saying that momentary pleasure that you get from the cupcake isn't worth the blood sugar rise and what it's going to do to your body i think two hints i would give people if they're listening of like okay how do i get my eating under control and resist the cupcake first of all don't go hungry much harder to resist the cupcake if you are starving and there's also you have to understand this tug of war between the the present desire to have the cupcake versus the future desire to be healthy and the present desire often wins out which is why it we, sure does we, yeah because we're yeah. an instant gratification 
uh, society. You know, we we can get a pizza delivered in 15 minutes. We can get, uh, you know, we can get everything on demand and we've become rather spoiled. And so there was a, an, an experiment years ago done by Stanford University, the marshmallow experience, mm. where I'm sure you're familiar with yes. it. And they left children in a room, uh, young children, I think they were maybe five, six, seven years old. They left them in the room with a marshmallow in front of them. And they said, we're going to leave you for 20 minutes. Those of you who still have the marshmallow in front of you, you're going to get two marshmallows. And they came back, you know, a certain percentage of the room had delayed their gratification, didn't eat the marshmallow. And then they studied those people over the course of their lives. And those people were actually much more successful in life because they were able to delay gratification. You know, just a a sidebar note, I had Dr. Nick Perricone on an episode of Make America Healthy where we talked about anti-aging and longevity. It was the May 11th episode because that was my birthday. And he talked a lot about intermittent fasting. So I started uh, again doing intermittent fasting after we had Dr. Perricone on the show. I did it for about uh, two, three weeks because I was on my way to Harvard to finish up my three-week executive education program. And I knew there'd be a lot of uh, drinking and and not so good eating back at college. So I did the intermittent fasting and I don't have much weight to lose. And when I hold my weight, it's usually around my midsection. And I'll tell you, I lost five pounds in just a matter of weeks doing the intermittent fasting and drinking the hydrogen water. So what I found the best about the intermittent fasting was that by delaying hunger, even though I'm not much of a breakfast person, unless I have PMS, I know TMI everyone, but um, (laughs) I found that there was a certain amount of kind of power and control, you know, not not to the point of like how people feel when they, they may have an anorexic eating disorder, but there was a certain amount of power and control to be able to just like drink tea, drink green tea, drink black coffee until 12, one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon, and then eat. And that actually, and I have a chapter in my book, Yogalene on this, how to shrink your stomach, because we can expand our stomach by stuffing it with too much food, but we can also shrink it by eating less. So try intermittent fasting, try a one day water fast, get acquainted with real hunger versus perceived hunger. Uh, You know, no one's going to die for not eating for a day. And it actually is really great for cellular health, for activating a better mitochondria production. And again, it, it gives you a feeling of like not always stuffing yourself with food and, and there's something very powerful about it. And chances are you'll lose weight also. Yeah, I love that. I've been doing some intermittent fasting because it's it's a great way to starve cancer cells because there's yes, no for yeah, because you want to get into autophagy. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, and also doing low carb. And I found um, it's been it's been relatively easy to sort of. And I like the fact that when I sit down to eat, I'm hungry, and I think yes. that's something I work with with my clients all the time. Is listen and get reacquainted with your singles signals of hunger and satiety put off that, you know, a meal or two and notice what that is like and start, as you're saying, Beth, I love this idea of listening to your body and giving it the food that it needs and, and, you know, missing some milk. Cause the research is, the research is very interesting around intermittent fasting, particularly around longevity, because you're putting your body in a little bit of shock. So it's actually doing things which can potentially enhance how well you age and how long you live. So how do you reclaim your best self? We've talked about, you know, what people can do in terms of moving their body and eating, but how do we reclaim 
and become that, you know, that divine, wonderful best self? Well, obviously I'm going to say the practice of yoga is so beautiful because it really connects you with your body, your mind, and your spirit. And it grounds you and makes you feel comfortable in your body really like nothing else does. I, I will say that. That being said, I'm also a huge fan of weight training. I've been working out with weights since age 15. And um, I would advocate for any woman over age 40, hit the gym, lift some weights. Don't be afraid to lift heavy weights. Uh, during my th um, 30s, I worked out with pretty hardcore professional bodybuilder when I was living in Los Angeles. And I believe it really, and you can see me, I'm, I'm into my fifties and I'm, you know, I, I have a body fat of, uh, it goes anywhere from like 15 to 19%, depending. Um, my, my muscles are, are there a higher range. I use the in-body device, but, um, weight training is so great for women. I, you know, I wish every woman in her teens would start weight training because nothing feels better for a woman than actually feeling like you're in a strong and powerful body. And I, uh, I joke around that I'm going to do a bodybuilding contest when I'm 70, that's a ways off. I might push it to 60, but what I think is, you know, putting your body through these intense periods of training. And, you know, for, for those of you who are just starting out, you're, you're going to want to probably hire a personal trainer and definitely see your doctor before you do this. But um, that will set you up. Like the work that I did on my body in my 30s, I know because I've kept it up, although not to the degree that I was doing back then, it's going to set you up for a lifetime of of you know, if again, if you keep up with it, good metabolism, good body image, uh, great posture muscles, it will prevent osteoporosis. And it's just so empowering. So I think like if I were to do a bodybuilding contest at 60 or 70 years old, that would take me probably into my, you know, hundreds and my grandmother lived 105. Uh, that will take me well into the, the last years of my life, like looking and feeling good. Most important, feeling strong. Yeah, I love that too. And that kind of all plays into this theme of today of aging fiercely. You know, I hear it from midlife women all the time, particularly women going through perimenopause. Well, I'm just going to gain weight. I'm just going to get out of shape. It's just the change. And I think all three of us are like, hell no. You know, I am still, I've got my 25 pound dumbbells over there, you know, doing the yoga, doing the swimming, all of this stuff. So if you're listening, it's worth it. I think that's the bottom line with what Beth is saying is that it feels, nothing feels as good as being healthy. It is so worth it. It's not just about disease, you know, combating disease, not getting disease, but feeling amazing and feeling confident and feeling strong. Yeah. And we need, all women need to feel strong. You know, we're so marginalized in so many ways as a, an entrepreneur and a business owner in a very male dominated industry, the fitness industry, and a member of professional groups uh, that are, you know, 85% men. I have to say that I, I want nothing more for all women than to feel empowered. And it starts in your physical body. And there's no reason why you can't get your body strong. Even if you have special conditions, you work around them. Uh, I just, I can't say it enough. The benefits of weight training and yoga and meditation go such a long way in you giving yourself a gift every day. Every day that I eat healthy, every day that I go to the gym or I practice yoga and meditate, that's me giving a gift to me. And I believe we have to give those gifts to ourselves first before we take care of our children, our parents, uh, 
I won't, you know, I take care of my pet before mostly everything, but um, he's a special exception. Uh, Bentley Shaw, he's on Instagram, Bentley 77. But, you know, you have to, you have to give yourself those gifts. And instead of looking at exercise as a punishment or eating healthy as a have to look at it as you are giving yourself the best gift you can give yourself better than some, you know, Gucci purse you're going to buy or, or some new dress or some household gadget give yourself the gift of health. Absolutely. We're going to take a break and we will be back more with Beth Shaw. And we are also going to be back with Judy Arozoza, who is a personal fitness trainer. And we're going to be talking more about being strong and aging fiercely. Talk to you on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause, and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. 
Hey, welcome back to Rock Your Midlife. Thank you so much for listening. I want to let you know that the show is sponsored by the Optimal.me for the midlifer who wants to feel younger, stay active, independent, and energetic without pain or injury, and feel confident that this phase of life is their best yet. Whether you are a seasoned athlete or you are new to fitness, I have to say the Optimal Me is a fabulous website that will help you with your strength, your flexibility. It'll help you with your mobility as well. I have been using it for the last several months and totally enjoying it. So take control of how you age with the optimal.me. You're never too old to take a smarter approach to aging and give yourself the freedom to make the ch this chapter whatever you hoped for and more. So before the break, we were talking to Beth and Beth Shaw, who is the creator of Yoga Fit Training Systems. And I want I want to introduce Judy. Um, Judy, I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Ar Arizoza. Is that correct? Arizoza. 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 Before I introduce you, I want you to ask Beth a question. You have a question for Beth. I do. I was listening to, you know, the first part of the show, and I was really interested in your commentary about trying out intermittent fasting. So I'd like to know if you are a morning workout person. And if you were doing your workouts fasted and how that worked for you, I know a lot of people do that. I was just curious, did that come into play for you? Uh, yeah, that's an excellent question. Thank you. Uh, from all the research that I've done, they say there's no problem exercising in a fasted state. Now, my challenge is I'm a night eater, uh, especially, you know, uh, if I have PMS or uh, I'm in a state where that allows certain substances that I might have, or I, I would have some wine. Like I'm all about eating at night for some reason. That's why that's when I'm, I'm hungry. So I, I never much of, of a breakfast person. So it's fine. I do try to work out in the morning when possible. And I do work out in a fasted state, except if I'm super tired and my body is telling me, okay, you need a protein drink or something. Otherwise you're going to hit the wall halfway through a workout. And let's face it, there's nothing ever healthy to eat at the gym. <laughs> I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I would add too, though, it's super important if you are over 50 to make sure it's, it's always important to get enough protein, but women at midlife need significantly more protein than before age 50. And so I'll make a protein drink and I will bring it to the gym with me just in case I hit that crash in my protein drink. And I use um, protein powder from globalhealing.com. Uh, they're one of our sponsors on Make America Healthy, and you can save 15% at checkout by using the code YOGAFIT15. Um, I use their protein powder. I also put in flaxseed powder. Sometimes I'll put in flax oil. I will freeze some fruit like a banana or some blueberries and put them in there. Instead of ice, I'll use half almond milk or coconut milk and half water so that I'm not getting, you know, too much calories from the milk. Mm -hmm. And I will take that with me to the gym. And if I find that I'm starting to get weak or fatigued, I'll have it. You have to listen to your body. Yeah. Well, I like that. It's very, it's a good way to be prepared. And it's interesting because I also work out fasted. I just work out on black coffee, do work out in the morning. Um, and I would say 90% of the time I'm okay, but every now and then I find it hard to get through. Like sometimes it might be a hard leg day or whatever, but 
most of the time not. But I am interested in, in, I was very interested in you talking about your intermittent fasting. My other question, am I allowed another question? Oh, go right ahead. Sure. <laughs> With the intermittent fasting was because you had time restricted eating, right? Like a window of time where you ate. Did you find it comfortable or uncomfortable at any point to get all the food that you needed for your body in within that period of time? Well, it, it's interesting. You should ask that a uh, very good question because I, I'm five foot 10 and a half. Uh, I weigh anywhere between 146 and 151 pounds, depending. Mm -hmm. And I was always kind of tall and skinny growing up until I started taking birth control pills in college and I literally like packed 25 pounds on my body uh, because of the hormone dysregulation that I encountered from that. So for me, gaining muscle has been pretty challenging. My nickname growing up was ostrich. So you kind of get the picture uh, in Ayurvedic body type. I'm more of a Vata body type. So the, the muscle that I have, and I, I, you know, I have a fair amount of it for a female uh, that's come from a lot of really hard work at the gym. And I noticed with the intermittent fasting, I did lose a little muscle in that weight loss. Um, for me, you know, I say, oh, it's okay because I have so much muscle on my body, but, um, but it's definitely a consideration. And I've also heard that women shouldn't do intermittent fasting more than four days a week. And I would love to hear your answer about that because I'm still studying intermittent fasting and there's a lot that I still don't know. Yeah, I think there's more research that's needed. I think the research around weight loss is still up in the air a little bit, but it seems like in the terms of working out in the fasted state that people are going right into that uh, fat burning. They're more likely to do that. Certainly I've been looking at it in terms of the metabolic approach to cancer. So just being able to starve cancer cells have 10 times the number of insulin receptors as normal cells. So anything you can do to starve the cancer cells, whether that be, you know, a ketogenic diet, so eating less carbohydrates, as well as, you know, really closing that window down. So that's something that, that I am exploring. So turning to Judy, so just to introduce Judy Arizoza, she is a wife and a mother who, is, who has been married to her prom date for 38 years. She has four adult children and five grandchildren. I am so jealous, Judy. I'm, <laughs> none of my, we've got five kids and none of them are getting busy. When she became an empty nester, Judy decided to take on fitness as a project to pay it forward. Before she was a respiratory therapist and an adjunct respiratory care instructor, she had a desire to improve the lives of others in, a, in the health realm, this time in preventative health. And so she became a certified trainer and certified nutritionist coach, she felt a calling to work with women who struggle with healthy living. And she quickly realized that physical fitness could not happen without mental fitness. And so she took it a step further and decided to include overall life balance and fitness with physical fitness being part of a whole fitness approach with her clients. And I was also on your show. She is also has a great podcast called the Air Hug Podcast, which is fabulous. And we know each other from Instagram. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, so let's just dig in. You know, you were go we were going back and forth on Instagram and you said, you know what, let's talk about aging. Listen, aging gracefully is BS. So what do you mean by that and, and how do we age fiercely? I think aging gracefully, I don't think it. I actually Googled it and like just kept looking at it. And it's all about settling. It's like playing a role in settling. It's like getting in your rocking chair, you know, shutting up 
and just accepting the fact that you're going to be unfit and lazy and whatever. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing that. You know, and, and to your point, Beth, um, I became a bodybuilder, a professional bodybuilder in my 50s. And I'm like, I, there's no rocking chair unless I'm rocking a baby to sleep. That's, uh, that's awesome. Well, first, what class did you uh, compete in and how did you do? So I started out in figure and I am a master's in open age professional in figure. And then I moved on to physique and I am a master's um, physique professional as well. That's awesome. And um, I would love to hear your journey uh, and how long it took you and how, you know, did you do any weight training prior? Did you just pick this up? I also know what the competition is going to be looking like for me in the 60 plus and the 70 plus age group. Um, No, I had been weight training since my thirties. Okay. So weight training to me, I had 20 years of weight training um, under my belt, but you know, it, you always learning. I feel like I'm, I have always been learning with weight training as time has gone on. And that did take it to another level. What, you know, I made a few mistakes with the first two or three competitions. The first, yeah, three um, was way too much cardio and way too little food. And what I found after those shows with it, I, I had rebound weight loss because I was basically starving. Mm. And so I did a little, a little more research. Um, and even though I felt like I had a good grasp on nutrition, I hired a nutrition coach. And actually the one, the first show I became pro, I, I coached myself. And then after that, I hired a nutrition coach just because I wanted to make sure that I was fueling my body adequately. And by this time, I'm like 54 years old to Ellen's point, like protein was important, you know, rest was important. Lifting heavy was important. So how long, uh, how long does it take you typically to prepare for a contest? Cause I was just having this conversation with a trainer in the gym that I work out in, in uh, Long Island. And he was going, you know, 16 to 20 weeks and it's a bitch. Um, how, how long does it take and how rigorous is that diet? So I, it, it all depends on, I mean, you look pretty strong. It's kind of hard to tell from zoom, but obviously you're, you're, you know, you've got some muscle, yeah. you know, and you're, you're, you're lean already. So it depends on the program, you know, what, excuse me, division you want to be in. I would just do figure, I think, because that's kind of the, the most lightweight, right? Uh, bikini is a little bit more, but I already looking at you, I think you'd be a great figure competitor. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So what asked you, <laughs> so for the mortals, who how are many more times can I flex my muscles on this yeah. show? I love that. You know, I said to someone the other night at a party, he's like, you look a little intimidating. And I said, you know what? I do this because I like the way it looks and feels quite frankly, some people are going to love it and they do. Uh, both men and women. And some people are going to not like it and think that's intimidating, but this is the body that I like to be in. And if I get to to choose, and I believe to a certain degree, we all get to choose to be the best selves that we are with the genetics that we've been given and our lifestyle choices, choose what you want for your body. Yeah, that is, that is a great point. So for people who are just getting started, um, Judy, how do our fitness needs change after 40 and how do people just start who are listening, who are thinking, gosh, I'm, I don't even know where to start. I'm feeling like I'm going through menopause. I don't know how to, you know, even what a dumbbell is, let alone how to do a workout. 
Well, how do you get started with fitness after well, 40? Honestly, I would say get online and find a trainer that you resonate with. You need to have someone who, because you buy from the coach, not the program, someone who you literally know, like, and trust, and who knows midlife fitness. Because honestly, you know, a 27 year old guy, Jack, is not going to understand the changes you're going through. You know, they don't understand that maybe you have pelvic floor issues, right? Or maybe, you know, all sorts of things, you know, maybe you were bleeding so heavy right now because you're in perimenopause, you know, things that you don't want to talk about. But even just the fact that it's hard to build muscle as we get older and the, the diet and the exercise go together and you want to find someone who's going to listen to you, who's compassionate with you. And so, how do our needs change after 40? Well, first of fitness. all, yeah, I think we, the three of us know this, but for the benefit of the audience, we are losing muscle. Um, pretty much we start losing muscle at age 30 and you may not see it at age 30, but between age 30 and age 50, if you haven't done anything to get stronger, you're weaker. And the estrogen and, actually makes it worse too. So and I, I have a question for you, Judy, because I always say I want to keep getting stronger as I get older. And I tell myself that is true. I'm curious as to whether or not you think that's true. I think it's true. I do think, I think it's true. I think you can continue to get stronger. I mean, so far I'm still getting stronger. I'm 61. Wow. That's awesome. So I'm going to be, well, we're we're a little bit different in age. Um, I was going to say, I'm going to be running into some fitness shows, but, um, (laughs) but maybe not. And we'll be in in different classes too, because I'm I'm not going to go as heavy duty as, as you sound like you're doing. (laughs) So what are the the biggest mistakes that you see women making? I know on Instagram, I love that you are debunking all of these myths just about fitness and about nutrition. I mean, you just talked about one, uh, which I see all the time. People don't eat enough. I actually just had a client it was, it was so hard. She was on one of those really crazy, you know, bikini contests where she was literally eating nothing but white fish and broccoli for like a week. It was a dangerous and taking diuretics and all of that. So people can go to extremes, not eat enough, follow crazy diets. But what are the biggest mistakes you see women making after 40 in terms of their nutrition and their fitness? I think the biggest mistake I see is a lot of diet hopping. You know, they're like, they have like the grass is greener thing. Like they'll try a diet for a week or two. And first of all, they, we, they may or may not be consistent. We don't even know if they're following the plan, but they already want to quit it and try another one because Mary over there is trying another one, you know, and there's just, there's not enough patience. People have to trust the process and you know what boring works. You know, as Beth will tell you that in the gym, right? This, you don't need to have fad workouts. You know, some of the things that you see on Instagram are there for entertainment. You know, it's a lot of times, it's a lot of repetition of the same old, same old stuff. You know, if you don't like it, pick a different playlist. Yeah, I mean, we see that in the fitness industry. There's always some new fad, some new workout coming along. Um, you know, I like to go to an old school gym with old school equipment and do old school exercises. And then I throw my yoga twist on a lot of things where I'll do a compound exercise on like a a bench press or something that I can hit my core in between sets. So, um, 
I look at the gym as one big playground though, you know, and, and some days when I allow myself to have a free day in the gym and have more time, I'll go around and make myself use some machines that I've never used before. And there's always something you haven't done. I personally am loving, uh, I, I, we don't have a gym on my island. Um, so like I'm getting such great exercise by doing gardening and yard work and kayaking and swimming. And I do use some weights, but you know, if you're listening, it doesn't, you don't have to go to the gym if that's not your thing. I mean, I'm a, I love going to the gym, but I've really switched up. But I love what you're saying about these new fads. And a lot of that, I blame the media because the media oh, yeah. wants something new and sexy. And, you know, let's just take a look at all of the, the low carb diets. You know, there was Scarsdale and we, you know, get all the way to Atkins and all kinds of things. It's just the same old regime with a slightly different name and, and skin. Yes. And a different PayPal account. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it's still basically whole food plant-based and if you're eating yes. animal protein small amounts eat it clean i like to look at animal protein more as a condiment just it's better for your body the more plant foods you can eat the better so um what do you do for, in terms of not beating yourself up you know a lot of women we have talked a lot about um, body image on the show and women are still struggling with it when you see a client who is just being harsh on herself disappointed that she's not lost enough weight, you know, not getting the results that she wants. What do you say to her? What do you suggest that she does? You know, I will ask her now what can, let's turn this around. Like for instance, maybe she'll come in and say, I cannot get rid of these saddlebags. You know, she's just for example, you know, and I will say, let's back up for a minute. You know, let's look at maybe where you were when you first came to the gym, like you didn't know how to squat or maybe you were squatting with five pound dumbbells. And I'll say, you know, what are you squatting now? And I'll say, look, you should be very proud of those legs. You know, let's, let's turn this around and see what you have done. What have you accomplished, you know, besides weight loss? I love to get people to look at their personal records. Like how strong have you become? You know, and, and let's celebrate that, you know, and let's, first of all, let's not try to look like someone else. That's a big thing that people come in and they want to look like someone they saw on social media. And I will say, well, we don't even know what type of body type they have. We don't know if they've been airbrushed. You know, you don't know if they're in year 33 of working out and you're in year two. Don't compare your year two to someone else's year 30, you know? So, but mostly I try to get them to celebrate the wins that they already have accomplished. And yeah, I try to get build. people to focus on how much their body is doing. I know when I, I got my diagnosis, I was doing yoga and I was thinking 99% of my body works great. I still look great. I still feel amazing. And we focus on that thing. And I don't know, we focus so much on the weight piece and trying to be someone that we're not. So I think look at the progress and then just look at everything that your body's doing. As long as you are breathing, more is going right than not. So what's the best workout for women after 40? What's the best combination of cardio and strength training and stretching? You're asking me, I'll give yes. you, well, my opinion is, and I think people have to work up to this. Don't be intimidated by it, but if you can lift weights, you know, two to four days a week, obviously I love four days a week. You know, if you can do something for flexibility, I do love the yoga idea. I have to get back into yoga. It's been a while and I actually miss it. Um, and, you know, as for cardiovascular, I'm not hardcore. I will tell people, 
you know, like it's summer right now. I'm carrying a golf bag for 18 holes, two or three days a week. So that's my loaded carry. I mean, it's six miles to walk my golf course with my bag. So I'm not worried too much about like hopping on a treadmill right now in the winter. I might, I'm also playing tennis two days a week. So I'm getting, you know, but I still do a few days of, you know, for people, I will say, if you're doing those kind of sports, please keep on doing them, enjoying them. If you, you know, and get your minimum 10,000 steps a day. If you need to do some extra walks, walks are awesome, especially if you can be outside and just have a little stress relief, you know, even if it's five minutes out, five minutes back. And how do people stay motivated? That's what I always, people are always asking me that question. I'm curious how you address that with your clients. How do people stay motivated and eventually get to that mindset? Like all three of us are like, yeah, I, I, my, my workout is like the first thing I think about in my schedule. Like, where are you going to fit movement in your schedule today? But people who are not where we're at in terms of having it as a, as a daily habit and uh, a highlight of our day, how do you stay motivated and how do you get to that mindset where it just becomes like brushing your teeth? You know, I know it's been a long time because for me, it had always, has always been like that. But I will say, it's not to say that I don't have periods of time where I don't want to. And I think the first thing I will tell people if they're in a down phase, said, you know what? let's get grateful here. And that is the name of my business is grateful fitness. But I will say, you know what, you don't work out is not a punishment. You don't have to work out, you get to work out. So if we're talking in terms of working out, you know, if you're finding it a struggle to the gym, just go there and just promise yourself 15 minutes. And if after 15 minutes, you haven't changed your mind, then turn around and leave. But I'll tell you what, 98% of the time after 15 minutes, people stay unless like they literally are getting a migraine or something. And then we're like, fine, go, you know, but I think it's happened once in 12 years where I've, I've used that, that someone has really had to leave. Yeah. I say the the same, I'll trick myself some days that I don't want to go to the gym. In fact, I have to go to the gym tonight because I didn't get to work out yet today. And I will trick myself and say, you're just going to go to the gym, just go stretch, do some yoga, stretch your low back. And I'll do that for about 20 minutes and then I'm ready to actually go work out. So believe me when I say, even for those of us who are super fit, who might do it for a career, uh, who love it, we still have to play mind games with ourselves to get there sometimes and to stay there. Yeah, that's a great, great point, Beth. And I, for me, I also like to make it fun. So you know, do something like you only get to listen to your favorite playlist or the book on tape that you love, the novel that you're really into when you're at the gym or meet a friend. I love working out with friends, man. There's nothing Mm -hmm. more fun. I live in, you know, Vermont's gorgeous this time of year, going to an outside yoga class and then like going out for a bite to eat afterwards. And having, I think having a accountability buddy is super helpful as well. And just to, I love that idea of just, just go. It's like, just do two pushups. You'll do 10 while you're there. So great ideas about mindset. So Beth, do you have more questions for Judy? I kind of want to open it up. We have about oh, three minutes here to kind of talk about how we can shift the midlife conversation away from, yeah, we're getting old and going through menopause to, yeah, let's be fierce. Let's see if you have a question for Judy first. And I'm, I'm going to ask that. Judy, like when and Judy, I'm sure you see uh, clients with all different fitness levels. So I'm uh, wondering like how you convince your most unfit clients that it's not just 
because you can, as I put in my book, Yogaline, you can out eat any exercise program. Like how do you convince your clients to change their eating and drinking habits? You know, I don't. I think it has to come from within. They have to be ready. I can make suggestions if they ask. We can talk about it. I can say, you know, would you like me to look at your food diary? A lot of times I'll say, is there anything else I can help you with? And then a lot, you know, literally 10 times out of 10, they're like, well, I struggle with eating. And and so I will say, would you be willing to share your food diary with me? Don't change anything. I would just like to see how you're eating. And there's no judgment here, but maybe we can come up with something or find something that might be able to take baby steps for you. You know, and I think it's hard to convince them, you know, First of all, a lot of people will look at me and say, you know, and they probably look at you, you've probably gotten this too. They're like, well, I don't want to look like you. I don't want to be that muscly. And I'm like, that's okay. You know, we're, we don't, you don't have to look like I look. I don't want you to look like I look. I want you to look like the best version of you and the one that you can live with long-term. So one, first of all, that's really important because it can be intimidating. I think for a lot of people to come in and see, you know, a very fit person and they might, they might be like 60 pounds overweight. So, you know, we start with baby steps and we'll be like, well, what is the biggest thing I love to start with people is let's talk about eating mindfully. Can you eat slow? Can you just, I don't even care what you're eating right now, but can you savor it and really enjoy it? And when they do that, they do start eating less. And then it's, so, and I have one question, quick question we're for both of actually, both are, of you. We are actually out of time, oh. so we'll take it on the other side once okay. we're off. But I want to thank everybody for listening, and thank you so much, Judy. Judy, where can people find you? Website, real quick. Website, gratefulfitnessny.com or Judy Arizoza on all social media. And Beth, where can people get in touch with you? BethShaw.com, yogafit.com. Find me on Instagram, Beth Shaw Health, and I'm on LinkedIn and I've got lots of Facebook pages. And listen to her show, Make America Healthy radio show right here on Voice America. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Judy. Thank, Thank you, Thank you. Namaste. You. Namaste. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.